Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following program is a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com to learn more about this and our other weekly storytelling programs and become a patron today to show your support and get instant access to our extensive archive of downloadable ad-free tales of terror. Thank you for listening. And enjoy the show. <laughs> Good evening. I'm storyteller Otis Gyre, and I ain't your grandfather. From where I'm from, we don't do bedtime stories. And if that's what you were expecting, you're in the wrong place. If it's terrifying tales you're after, well then, I've got just the thing. Get comfortable, settle in, turn off the lights, if you dare. Your night is about to get a whole lot darker. <laughs> Who needs sleep anyway? <laughs> Good evening. You're listening to Scary Stories Told in the Dark. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 8. I'm your host, Otis Jiry. In tonight's episode, I'll be performing four stories for you about frightful forms, tenacious terrors, evil artwork, and malicious amusements. You're listening to the standard edition of tonight's program. If you'd like to show your support and enjoy an extended version of this and other episodes with twice the terror, visit simplyscarypodcast.com and click Patrons in the upper menu to sign up today. And thank you for your support. 
It's time to get started, so lock your doors, turn your lights down low, and settle in. The show is about to begin. <laughs> Our first tale of terror this evening, from author Richard Saxon, is entitled, I Found a Forum for Dead People. It's a tale as old as the internet itself. You're killing your boredom by browsing the net, mindlessly scrolling through pictures and reading through forums. One click leads to another, and before you know it, you've tripped and fallen down the rabbit hole to the weirder parts of the internet. Now, I'm not all that tech-savvy, but I suppose I'm intelligent enough to understand the concept of unlisted websites, things you can't find through a Google search, but that exist if you have a link provided. I guess that's the essence of the deep web. I tend to browse in incognito, I'm not going to go into details, but I think we all know for what purpose. Last night, or this morning, depend on how you classify 3 a.m. and insomnia, I was reading a forum about people's weirdest experiences on the web. I am a skeptical fellow, so when a few diligent commenters provided a link, I will gladly follow to verify their stories. At some point... I happened upon a website that was simply an endless string of numbers ending in .org, leading to a plainly designed forum. How was your day? was the main title of said forum. It was a welcome change from the depressing and even horrific stories others had shared thus far in the night, so I decided to check out how people were doing around the world, maybe focusing on others' lives would take away focus from my own depressing existence. I clicked on the top entry one listed. When I first retired, I was dumbfounded by the amount of dead time I would have to tirelessly get through. Today, perhaps for the first time in ten years, I appreciated the lazy morning. My wife made my favorite breakfast, and I was even happy to take a midday nap afterwards. I guess my body was just tired, because I never woke up from that. How do I let my wife know I didn't pass in pain, and that I love her very much? Mildly confused by his last statement, I checked out the comments below. We all die sometime. Welcome. And another one said, If you traded her right, she would know you loved her already. Some sort of role-playing form? was the first thought that came to me. The comments were a perfect collection of welcoming and spiteful comments. I clicked to the next post. Honestly, I've always expected more from life. My day was shitty enough to begin with. Arguing with teenage children is a pointless endeavor that makes me long for the time where they were just happy to have pancakes for breakfast. Anger is just as pointless as I've come to discover far too late in life. The distraction was the only thing needed to somehow make me miss a red light, and, well, I'm not exactly sure what happened next, but here I am, my final day on this shit planet. He signed his entry with his apparently real name and birth date. It was a fairly uncommon name at that, 
I opened another tab to check into his info in reference to any car accidents. All I found was some old news entry from 2004, but it perfectly matched his story to a T. What kind of sick person pretends to take the identity of someone who died such a horrific death? Both infuriated and intrigued, I kept on reading. I can only blame my own sense of morbid curiosity. I'm not entirely sure how long I spent reading through countless posts from people pretending to have died in various ways at different points in history. Everyone had signed with real names, and not a single commenter called them out for their deluded games. The straw that broke the camel's back was when I noticed a post by a familiar name, my own mother. She'd been dead for over a decade, so I felt fairly certain it was some sort of sick prank or bizarre role-play. Maybe the users were looking up obituaries and taking their identities for their own pleasure. I was even more disturbed when they perfectly described the surroundings of her death despite never having told anyone. I've been feeling extremely tired as of late. It was no surprise when I awoke this morning and I felt like I hadn't slept in days. I just wanted to stay in bed, but family duties called. My husband had already left for work, and I'd taken the week off in hopes of recovering. But someone has to feed the kids. Breakfast was all right. I fed them their favorite pancakes. Easy to prepare, and I had nothing better to do. I remember getting into the shower, but it was getting real hard to catch my breath, and under the steam from the hot water, I simply passed out. I really don't know what happened after that. Oh, God. I hope my children didn't see me lying naked on the floor. I decided right then I would be the righteous one to make them stop stealing people's identities. At least use a fake name if it was nothing more than a pathetic joke. I scanned the page for a register button, only to find I was already logged in. Under my real name, as a matter of fact. With some trepidation, I clicked to expand my profile. On it, someone had written my name, email address, birth date, and death date today. Yet again, my eyes wandered to the title of the website. How was your day? I thought back and reflected on what happened so far. My life wasn't the most interesting, so I hadn't really taken the time to think about it. There was nothing particularly interesting about my day. Exam period was coming up, so I had to wake up earlier than my young brain was used to. I drank coffee, browsed the internet instead of studying. The procrastination lasted longer than I'm proud to admit. Though, I eventually felt guilty enough to pick up a textbook and studied until the evening. A mild headache set in. It was enough for me to stop studying and do something more relaxing instead. Actually, it might have been more than mild. More like a stabbing pain rapidly increasing in intensity. I got up from my chair and fell to the floor. That's all I remember before blocking out. It's a peculiar feeling when your heart stops, but apparently that's what it takes for you to be able to access the forum for dead people. They brought me back, though. I have a vague memory of paramedics bringing me to the hospital 
Needles being shoved into my veins. I guess my dad must have come upstairs to check on me. Lucky me. I don't really remember much from the hospital, nor returning home. As a matter of fact, I just now find myself browsing this forum, not really remembering how I stumbled across it. How was your day? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Our second story today comes to us courtesy of author Colette Achille and is entitled, He Won't Stop Tapping. I live in an attic, a small, renovated space in a house that's older than most. I always pay my rent on time, keep quiet after 9 p.m., and am unflailingly polite when I run into my neighbors, which isn't often. Every night now, I hear him at my window. My bed is tucked away into an alcove, and it's the only place in my studio apartment where you can't see the single window in the room. It used to make me feel secure that there were so few entry points into my home. Childhood trauma had made me weary of large spaces, where not everything could be seen. After I first moved in, I used to comfort myself by thinking of escape routes. If someone is at my door, I'd grab a knife that I kept to the side of my bed, put on the coat, shoes, and purse that I always kept close by, and be out my window in an instant. The screen was easy to remove, and there was an old oak tree I could use to traverse the three stories to the ground and my car. In my mind, escape would be relatively simple if it came down to it. I wasn't expecting it exactly, but I liked to be prepared. It never occurred to me that I should have been worried about someone coming from the outside. Stupid of me, really. To preface and partly explain why it took me so long to realize what was happening, I should give you some backstory. I grew up with a severely mentally ill parent. My mother is not someone I demonize or blame, 
but I recognize that her rapid mood swings and moments of total dissonance, interspersed with periods of intense anger, gave me quite a few issues. I am wary of loud noises, and am easily anxious. I'm in my mid-twenties now, but throughout my entire life, I have been prone to bouts of fear and paranoia, feelings of being watched and hunted. I could never explain the sometimes overwhelming fear that someone or something was trying to kill me. Often I would experience very mild and nondescript hallucinations. The sound of footsteps in an empty room, or a vague shadow in the corner of my vision. Things I'm sure everyone notices from time to time, although without the intense fear that follows. I've become so used to this fear that when it started I just assumed it was my own anxieties. I try to always be logical, and for most of my life it has suited me well. But not this time. I can hardly stand to let myself think about what happened. My therapist said writing about what's going on in my life might help. I don't tell her much, and what I do tell her is throwaway stuff. Things that happened to me when I was younger that sound terrible, because it was, but they're also things I internalized and dealt with a long time ago. I never talk about the current fears and worries I still struggle with. However, I figured her advice couldn't hurt in my situation. If anything, at least it leaves behind concrete evidence of what's happening. It's why I ignored the tapping at first. It was never frequent, and often would only happen every week or so, at least that I noticed. I suffer from insomnia and often wake up multiple times at the night. As I type, it's 2.47 a.m., and once again I am unable to sleep. Who knows how many nights I slept through the sound, unaware of what was happening only a few feet away from me. On the nights when I was awake to hear the noise, I would almost become incoherent in my worry. In my head was the constant mantra of, It's not real. It's in your head. It's not real. It's in your head. I would put the noise-canceling headphones my best friend had given me, pull the covers over my head, and try to relax with the knowledge that it was just my anxiety acting up again. The bad nights were the ones where I could change the channel on my TV that was constantly on. The background noise helped distract me. I knew if I put something on bright and loud, I wouldn't have any hope of getting back to sleep. So I reserved doing this for the nights when the feeling of dread was so overwhelming I could hardly string a sentence together. There were even a few times that I would text my friend in the middle of the night to tell him that I felt like something was watching me. I wanted to know that if I was murdered or disappeared, someone would be aware something was wrong. I don't know what difference it would have made, really, but it was a comfort to me that someone else knew that I was scared, that I thought something was after me. It went on like this for months, and in all that time I never actually checked the window. I was so convinced that what was happening was in my head. I didn't want to play into my delusions. There are so many excuses I could use. In the end, though, I think I was simply afraid to know that I might be right. 
At first, tapping seems pretty innocuous. It wouldn't be too difficult to actually break into my apartment. The window latched, but as I said, it's an old house. And the latch wasn't the most secure, although I always made sure it was locked. It was that thought, and the fact that I was on the third story, that kept me from actually looking around the small divider wall separating my bed from the window in order to confirm that I was just hearing things. In retrospect, I blame myself for what I let happen, even though I know that my paranoia saved me in a sense. I also know that it killed someone, and that's something I'll have to live with myself for the rest of my life, however short that may be. My day-to-day -day life continued normally for quite a while. With my nightmare worries, they were contained solely to those times when I would hear that strange noise. It wasn't a tap on the glass, you understand, but an odd little clack. I would convince myself that it must be one of those strange sounds that old houses make when they settle. Maybe a squirrel from the tree that was feeling curious and had jumped onto some two feet of slanted roof that was in front of the window, or perhaps a leak in the gutter above. Curiosity was certainly involved, but it wasn't a squirrel making the sounds. One night the tapping happened to coincide with when I needed to use the bathroom. Usually the nights were when I heard the repetitive noise were the ones where I was content to stay in bed under my covers. My apartment gets very cold at night. As I finished washing my hands and started to leave the room, I froze when I began to hear that very faint but distinct tap. It was always very rhythmic, in a way that would be soothing if it wasn't so out of place. For every second that passed, there would be a little tap that accompanied it. Tap. 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 You might think the noise would have driven me crazy, but it was almost indistinguishable from the hum of my refrigerator and the soft sound of my television with the volume turned low. The noise would only ever last for a few minutes at most, another reason why I never bothered to investigate it. However much I could justify not leaning over the three feet it would take to discover the source of the noise, it seemed silly to stay trapped in my bathroom when it was in the middle of the night, and I had to work early in the morning. At that point, I had convinced myself thoroughly that nothing was actually happening. Those moments, before I learned the truth of what it was, are bitter to me now. I was comforted by my own ignorance. One thing you should know is that when I get up at night to use the restroom, I don't bother to turn the light on. It's connected to my room, so the light of the TV is usually enough to navigate by. And, as I mentioned earlier, my bed is completely hidden from view of the window. So, after a minute of psyching myself up to leave my bathroom, years of ingrained habit led me to cautiously peer around the edge of the door jamb. What I saw, I will never forget. Instead of the clear view of the night sky that I was expecting, there was a man crouched outside my window, perched on the slanted bit of roof. As I watched, he repeatedly opened and closed his mouth, 
His eyes lock on the blank space of wall that I would be behind if I was in bed. The rhythmic motion caused a slight sound as his teeth clashed together, his face a rictus of ecstasy. Through the pane of glass, the sound was muffled enough that it could be mistaken for a very faint tap. I think I went into shock in that moment. I certainly froze. I still don't know if I should be grateful for that or grateful for the events that followed. You see, the man never actually saw me as I remained still as a statue just beyond the door of my bathroom. He must have thought I was still in bed, as I always am. I think what disturbed me most, beyond the obvious, was his expression of hunger. It was so rapt that I felt a pang of empathy. Something was very wrong with his expression. It reminded me of when my mother would go away, so to speak, and her normal personality would disappear for a while. In her place would be someone who knew her thoughts and emotions, but it was as if everything positive and sane had left the building. She would twist you up until you felt as bad as she did. She was almost absent-minded in her cruelty, her desire to bring you down to her level. It was that association that gave me pause, because I had really only gotten a glimpse of his face. I was too scared to look again, and beyond the shadows of his expression and that terrible chewing motion, his figure had been indistinct in the darkness. I had seen figures in the shadows of my fear before, and I wanted to be absolutely certain that what I saw was real before I made a fuss about it. I had never liked to draw attention to myself, and after all, if it really was happening, he had never actually made a move to harm me. My therapist says I normalize things that aren't healthy or necessarily safe due to my upbringing. Dealing with my mother also made me extremely open-minded when faced with people who seemed to suffer from mental illness, including those that came across as disturbing. All my explanations of why I made the decisions I did feel like excuses. It's a sour taste in my mouth. One thing was certainly true of his expression, whoever this man was. If he was even real, he wasn't all there. So I waited until the tapping, which I now knew to be clacking, stopped. I waited an additional ten minutes before peering around the frame of the door, although I felt little relief when I saw he was gone. I ran to my bed and immediately texted my best friend, the only one I ever confided in about the noises I would hear, and settled in to wait out the remaining four hours until sunrise. I felt safety in the pattern that had been established, and indeed nothing happened to me that night. Writing it all down like this makes me feel like an idiot as I think of my choices. At the time, though, I knew the police wouldn't be able to do anything without actual evidence, and I still wasn't convinced that it wasn't in my head. Still, I should have gotten out, found a place to stay for a few days at least, while I figured it all out. Instead, I begged my friend to stay the night. I figured we could stay up and keep out of sight in my little alcove and play tabletop games until the noise started. By this point, the noise of his gnashing teeth 
was happening so frequently that I knew there was a good chance that if it really was a stranger climbing up to my window, it would happen again that night. If it was in my head, I would finally know for sure. If not, knowing how calm my friend was, I thought that maybe he could snap a picture of the man and we could at least get some proof that I wasn't losing my mind. By this point, my friend thought I was just hearing things, given my past paranoia, and agreed to stay the night in order to assuage my fears. He was my best friend, my family. That was the last night I ever saw him. We played games late into the night, but he was unused to being up at odd hours and ended up falling asleep at around midnight. I stayed up and waited, and finally, at 3.03 a.m., I heard it. I had never felt so tense as I shook my friend awake and indicated he should keep quiet. I knew the moment he heard the tap, 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 the faint sound of teeth clocking together through my closed window. His face went through a series of expressions, disbelief, worry, and then finally determination. He grabbed his phone and stood up, stepping around the small wall that partitioned off my bed without any sign of hesitation. I'll never forget the sound that the man outside the window made. It was a shriek of agony or excitement, I don't know. It certainly took my friend back, and before he could bring up his phone to take a picture, the sound abruptly cut off. I rushed over to the window and saw that the man was gone. He must have cut across the side of the house, because I couldn't see a sign of him, and although it was a long fall, he could have easily jumped down to the porch awning below, and from there dropped the ten-odd feet to the ground. I would know I had thought about getting out that way a million times before. I could tell how shook up my friend was. He never thought this was real. Something about his expression was off, and no matter how many times I questioned him, he refused to tell me what he saw, other than confirming that he had seen a man on the other side of the glass. We decided to wait it out until daylight, seeing as we didn't have a lot to go on, and in the morning we would go to the place and tell them what we knew, which was not a lot. Honestly, I didn't even know if what was occurring could be considered a crime. Once the sun had risen and the stranger had remained out of sight, seemingly gone for the day, my friend declared he was going to go home to change and let his work know he would be late. Then he'd head back over and pick me up and we'd go down to the station. He lived close, so he said that it would take uh, 30 minutes at the most. He was never the punctual type, so after 35 minutes I wasn't too concerned. After 40 with no word, I began to call. After an hour with no response, I dialed 911. I must have seemed hysterical on the phone, but the tired operator still tried to treat me with sympathy. She told me that, unfortunately, there was nothing they could do until my friend had been gone at least 24 hours, and that, without any evidence of actually being stalked, they wouldn't be able to do anything for me. She did ask for my address and told me that she would have patrol cars pass by more frequently for the next few nights. It was cold comfort. At that point, I knew the man must have somehow gotten to my friend. His car had been broken into before, 
It was one of those older models, and I knew that if I was really being watched, it would have been easy to see my friend pull up at the start of the night. A lot of people, especially guys, don't tend to look in their back seat every time they get into their car. We all think we're safe until we aren't. I called out from work and spent the day driving around the city, going to my friend's apartment, his job, anywhere I thought he might be. I ended up circling around the city for hours in search of his car, but I couldn't find anything. And once the sun started settling, I headed back home. I don't know if you could tell, but I don't have the best relationship with my mother. As soon as I could, I moved away. I never kept many close friends, and after dealing with some medical bills, I didn't have a lot of money to my name. I'm sure I could have figured something out, maybe found a quiet spot to sleep in my car, or even reach out to one of the countless Facebook friends I saw around, but never really got close to. He was the only real family I had left, though, and I'm angry. I don't have much else to live for, and I just get so tired of being so afraid. It's exhausting to live your life mistrustful of the darkness that lingers in the corner, to feel as if at any moment something seeks to do you harm. He disappeared yesterday, and as I wait here in my dark apartment, the TV playing softly in the background, I try not to think of what happened to my friend and the part I played in it, or of the pained hunger in the man's face as he stared at where he knew I would be asleep. Most of all, I try not to think of the horrible, distorted quality that his jaw had. I thought it was just my paranoia, but I could have sworn that in the darkness I saw his mouth stretch wider and wider with each clack of his teeth, a grotesque maw set against his shadowed face. Finally, after hours of waiting, I can hear it. It's a very faint, metronomic sound. And if I didn't know what it was, I would almost think it was soothing. Tap. 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 I left my window unlatched. Thanks for joining me tonight for Scary Stories Told in the Dark. If you like what you heard and would like to hear a premium extended edition of tonight's episode, which includes two more terrifying tales, visit simplyscarypodcast.com today and click the Patrons link in the menu at the top of the screen. You'll find yourself on Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, where you can sign up for a season pass and get access to all 24 ad-free extended episodes from this season or sign up as a patron for just $5 per month and get access to not just my show but our network's audio archive of hundreds of previous releases including premium versions of our other shows such as the Simply Scary Podcast and Horror Hill. Not only that but you'll be lending your support to this very program and help me continue bringing nightmares to life each and every week. Thank you very much for your support.
Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Scary Stories Told in the Dark, a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcasts Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com today to learn more about our network and our other amazing storytelling programs. Tonight's program was hosted and its featured stories performed by yours truly, Otis Jiry. Selected stories have been adapted with the kind permission of their respective authors. Original music provided by Luke Hodgkinson and Jesse Cornett. Sound design and final mixing and mastering provided by executive producer and director Craig Groshek. Program's artwork and logo by David Romero. If you're looking for some fresh tales on a daily basis while waiting for the next podcast, check out my YouTube channel, the Otis Jiry channel, and my extensive collection of narrated tales there. Simply search on YouTube by my name and you'll find me. And don't forget to subscribe and press the bell notification icon to get my latest releases. Got a scary tale of your own that you'd like performed? I take submissions. Email it to me today at Otis at simplyscarypodcast.com to have your terrifying tome considered for production in a future episode of this show. That's O-T-I-S at simplyscarypodcast.com. If you've enjoyed what you heard on tonight's program and are joining us on your favorite podcast app, subscribe to us to be sure you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review and a comment. Your feedback means a lot to me. You can also follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and yours truly on Facebook to connect anytime and get the latest updates on this and other programs and my channel. If you're listening on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button and the bell notification icon for CTFDN as well to get more spooky tales from me and the crew and another episode of this program each and every Wednesday. And don't forget to hit that thumbs up button to tell us how we're doing and leave a kind word or a request. And don't forget to visit us at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and consider supporting the team by becoming a patron. In addition to helping us out, you'll get exclusive access to our audio archive and ad-free downloads of all your favorite stories, including those you've heard on this program. As for me, I'll be back next Wednesday with more terrifying tales to keep you up all night. But that's all right. Who needs sleep anyway? <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello.